Hello, and welcome to the Revive Church podcast with Pastor Todd Mazingo. I'm your host, Paul Garner. Thank you for listening today. Sharing from Proverbs 18, 20-21, Pastor Todd teaches us that the quality of our lives is strongly influenced by the words that come out of our mouths. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. For today's purposes, we know from Scripture that death means separation from God, not physical death. And we know that life is what Jesus came to offer us, abundant life more than we can ask or imagine, and eternal life. When we say things, we are either pushing God away or drawing Him toward us. The mouth is the revealer of the heart. If our words are evil and contrary to God, then our heart is the source of that. Our words can lead to blasphemy against the Holy Spirit. Let's listen in as Pastor Todd explains. Be sure to listen to the end for some important information about Pastor Todd's new book. I'm going to cover very, very familiar scripture today. We're going to kind of dig into it a little bit, figure out what it means for us today. Uh, and, and I'm going to cover a topic of words, of the things that we say. Now, let me just say from the very onset to hold off some of your emails, hey, there is so much to be said about words and speech in the Bible, the power of the tongue, those kind of things. There's no way I can cover it and us actually have a picnic today. So what I want to do is just kind of go to a core. I want to establish a foundation when it comes to words because this subject is huge and all I want to do is kind of lay a foundation that we can work on. Proverbs 18:20. If you got it, say I got it. If you don't say wait. Right, we know this scripture. With the fruit of a man's mouth, his stomach stomach will be satisfied. He will be satisfied with the product of his lips. 21, death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat its fruit. Now, let me go back and just give some base level understanding here. When it says the fruit of a man's mouth is in his stomach will be satisfied, with the fruit of a man's mouth, his stomach will be satisfied. He will be satisfied with the product of his lips. What he's saying is that the quality of life that you have is somewhat dependent upon the words that you speak. In other words, you're going to be satisfied by the words that come out of your mouth. That's going to make more sense in a minute. Then it says, death and life are in the power of the tongues, and those who love it, that it is the power that the tongue has. Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat its fruit. So there's this extreme importance, even in this case, you've heard somebody say, man, this is a matter of life or death, right? Okay, so we know what that means to have life or death, but now he says the tongue seems to have some point in the power there, that the tongue has a power to bring life and death. Now, I'm just going to be honest with you because I like to just be straight up and just call it like it is. There's a lot of teaching about the tongue now that is really confusing to believers. We have stuff that... You know, we nickname, name it, claim it, or blab it, grab it. You know, we, uh, God can speak things into existence, but we can't. I can speak things that are not as though they are. I can ask whatever is my name and it'll be mine. And each of these things that we hear about when it comes to the tongue and speech and the power of our words, there's some truth in it. There's some truth in it. But in order to understand the truth in it, you got to build on a solid foundation. And I think I'm going to set that foundation today so that we can understand some of these things that are being taught. So on a basic level to start this discussion, 
In the tongue, there is the power for death and life. For today's purposes, let's look at what death is in Scripture. In Scripture, death is separation from God. Death is separation from God. We know we have an eternal life, but that's without God if there's death, and it's with God if there's life. We know that in Scripture, life is what Jesus offered us. I came to give you life. I came to give you an abundant life. I came to offer you eternal life. So really what he's saying is that separation from God or the abundance of life that Jesus offers is in the power of the tongue. Got it? Now stay with me. We have a long way to go, but I want to set a good foundation. So you release things that separate you from God or you release things that bring an abundancy of life to you with your tongue. When you say things, you are either pushing God away or you're pulling that life towards you. Now, let me show you where a place in scripture where you know this, you see this, you understand this. It's in Romans chapter 10. Romans chapter 10. I'm gonna start in verse eight. But what does it say? The word is near you in your mouth and in your heart. That is the word of faith which we are preaching, that if you confess with your mouth Jesus as Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you'll be saved. For with the heart a person believes, resulting in righteousness, and the mouth confesses resulting in salvation. What I want you to see there that you've already known and you've already seen is the connection between the heart and the tongue. If one confesses with his mouth and believes in his heart, there's an and in between. These two are connected together. You have to believe in your heart and confess with your mouth. Uh, So these two go together and here's why. Whatever you believe in your heart comes out of your mouth. That's the foundation of the tongue is the heart. So what's coming out of my mouth is what is in my heart. The mouth, if you're going to make a note, the mouth is the revealer of the heart. The mouth is the tool we use to see into the heart. Here's an example, I think, that that causes a lot of confusion in in theology about things, uh, and yet he makes it real clear, this connection. It's in Matthew 12. Go to Matthew 12. I'm going to talk this morning a little bit about the blasphemy of the Holy Spirit. I think that's a topic that really reels some people in and gets them concerned and gets them confused, but I want to show you how Jesus explains it. In Matthew 12, chapter 30, This is what it says. Jesus is talking and he says, he who is not with me is against me. And he who does not gather with me scatters. In other words, if you are not with Jesus, you're against him. Now, why is Jesus saying there are people who are against him? Look at the next verse, 31. Therefore, therefore, Because there are people against me, therefore I say to you, any sin and blasphemy will be forgiven people, but blasphemy against the Spirit shall not be forgiven. Whoever speaks a word against the Son of Man, it'll be forgiven him, but whoever speaks against 
the Holy Spirit, it shall not be forgiven him either in this age or the age to come. So in order for us to really grab what's going on, because here's the scary part of this. He just said something we can do keeps us from being saved forever. I can do something that all of a sudden doesn't allow me salvation at all. And it starts with this word called blasphemy. In the Greek, that's blasphemia. Blasphemia. And this is what it means. Watch this close because it's all going to make sense. Speech that causes injury to another's good name or reproach. Speech injurious to the divine majesty. Speech that is injurious to the divine majesty. In this case, that's what we're talking about. Because I want you to go back now in your scripture and let's see what happened that brought this topic up for Jesus. It starts in verse 22. Then a demon-possessed man who was blind and mute was brought to Jesus. And he healed him so that the mute man spoke and saw. All the crowds were amazed, saying, this man cannot be the son of David, can he? So they're saying, is Jesus the son of David? Is he the Messiah? He just got this guy to speak. But when the Pharisees heard this, they said, this man cast out demons only by Beelzebub, the ruler of the demons. So the Pharisees said with their mouth, hey, this guy is casting out demons with the power of Satan. And knowing their thoughts, catch that, Jesus, knowing what was in their heart, said to them, any kingdom divided against itself is laid to waste, and any city or house divided against itself cannot stand. So if Satan is casting out Satan, he's divided against himself. How then will his kingdom stand? If I, by Beelzebub, cast out demons, by whom do your sons cast them out? For this reason, they will be your judges. But if I cast out a demon by the Spirit of God, now it's not house against house, it's a demon and God, if I cast out demons by the Spirit of God with the Holy Spirit, then the kingdom has come upon you. So Jesus is saying, Pharisees, you are saying that the work I do by the Holy Spirit is being done by Satan. That's what they're saying. You're, Jesus is looking at them and saying, no, you're saying that the work I'm doing by the Holy Spirit is actually being done by Satan. So many people will say when they talk about the blasphemy of the Holy Spirit, there it is. There it is. If you ever say that something that God is doing is actually being done by Satan, then boom, you're hellbound. It's done. Blasphemy of the Holy Spirit, you're out, can't be saved, it's all over, you're done. Now, I don't know about you, but that thought scares me to death. Scares me to death because I'm thinking, is there ever been a place in my life, come on now, have you ever been in church, saw somebody acting a little crazy and said, that's a demon right there. Boom, hellbound, you're done. It's all over. You just blasphemed the Holy Spirit. That was of the Holy Spirit, and you said it was of a demon, so you're done. You can never be forgiven. See, I can't grab that because I think he's saying more. There has to be an explanation here because if not, then most of us somewhere along the way have seen something that we thought was a little out of the norm and a little crazy, and we said, a devil's in that right there. And if that's true, that blasphemy of the Holy Spirit is just giving credit to the devil for something the Holy Spirit's doing, and I didn't understand the Holy Spirit was doing that, and all of a sudden, I'm done. Mm. Let's keep going. Let's keep digging it because he's going to explain to you right here what the real problem is. Going back to the text, the answer to what is the blasphemy of the Holy Spirit is actually in the next verses. It's right here. We're going to dig it out. 33. Either, now this is the following on conversation. 
either make the tree good and its fruit good or make the tree bad and its fruit bad for a tree is gonna be known by its fruit. So a tree produces fruit and if it's a good tree, it produces good fruit. If it is a bad tree, it produces bad fruit. So what is the tree and the fruit when it comes to you and I? It's in the next verse. Look at the next verse, 34. You brood of vipers, he's talking to the Pharisees and he says this, how can you being evil, being evil, he's talking about their heart, speak what is good for the mouth speaks out of what fills the heart. So he just said the heart is the tree and the mouth is the fruit that comes out of it. Let's go back to 33 and let me show you how this plays out. Take out the words tree and fruit and put in the word heart and mouth. Either make the heart good and the mouth is good or make the heart bad and its mouth is bad because the heart is gonna be known by the mouth. Are you seeing that? So what he is saying is the mouth and the heart are directly connected and what the mouth does is it reveals the heart. It shows you what's in the heart. So if the heart is bad, then what's gonna come out of the mouth of the person is going to be bad. And if the heart is good, then what comes out of the mouth of the person should be good. Stay with me, let's go on, 35. A good man brings out of his good treasure what is good. In other words, from his good heart, he's gonna bring out good speech. And an evil man brings out of his evil treasure where your treasure is there, your... You see it? The treasure is the heart. What's gonna come out of evil treasure is evil because what's gonna come from a bad heart is bad speech. But I tell you that every careless word that people speak, they shall be given accounting for in the day of judgment. Swallow hard. But look at 37. For by your words, you will be justified and by your words, you will be condemned. Why will you be condemned by your words? Because they're a reflection of your heart. That's why you'll be condemned by your words, because they reflect and reveal your heart. So Jesus is saying the blasphemy of the Holy Spirit are words that are produced from an evil heart. That's why he's saying there are some here who are against me. They have an evil heart. They haven't had that heart of stone taken out and that heart of flesh put in. So when they speak their words, that blasphemy, it's actually the result of evil that's in their heart. They're not with me. That's the blasphemy of the Holy Spirit. So what he's saying is if they stay in a situation with an evil heart and their mouth continues to speak evil, there's no salvation for them. At some point in time, that heart has to become good and produce a good fruit. I'll show you what I mean. Uh, if we go forward into uh, John chapter 8. John chapter 8, there's a story that we all know. Jesus is talking to the Pharisees about what happened with the adulterous woman. The one they brought forward to stone and he set her free and then he has this conversation with them. You are, you are of your father, the devil. Talking to the Pharisees. And you want to do the desires of your father. He was murderous from the beginning and does not stand in truth because there is no truth in him. Now watch this. Whenever he speaks, he speaks a lie because he speaks from his own nature. 
from his own heart. So the words that are coming out of his heart are lies because they come from a heart that is full of lies. For he is a liar and he's the father of lies. But because I speak the truth, you don't believe me. But when one of you convicts me, uh, but which one of you convicts me of sin? I speak the truth. Why do you not believe me? He who is of God hears the words of God. For this reason, you don't hear them because you're not of God. You putting it all together? So when they said he cast out devils by the power of Satan, Jesus was looking at him and saying, the reason you're blaspheming, the reason you're saying that is because your heart is bad and you're against me. You're not with me. So what happens? Jesus is moving in the power of the Holy Spirit. The Pharisees speak out and attribute the words of the Holy Spirit in Jesus to Satan. And they were speaking out what was in their heart. And Jesus says, that condemns you to hell. You're in an unforgiven state. The eternal, now, it's not saying it's never available to them again. He's saying as long as the heart is evil and as long as you are against me, as long as you don't believe, then there will not be an eternity with the Father for you. Not because of what they said sends them to hell, but because it was a reflection of the heart that they said it from. You're looking like we got it. The Holy Spirit reveals our need for Christ. That's what he does. Let me show you this in John chapter 16, 8. I've taught this before, but I think once you grab it and see what's being said here in this way, it, it comes together afresh. John 16, 8. Jesus is talking about the Holy Spirit, and this is what he says. When he, the Spirit, comes, he will convict the world regarding sin, righteousness, and condemnation. Now listen, that's a global statement. He's gonna convict the world of sin, righteousness, and condemnation. Three things, right? Now watch this. He's actually talking to three different groups of people. Sin because they no longer believe in me. Sin because they do not believe in me. So he's saying the Holy Spirit is going to convict the world of sin because they don't believe in me. Now stay with me and you'll see the three. Righteousness, because I am going to the Father and you will no longer see me. Do you see you just separated the, the groups he's talking to? You are my disciples. You are here. You believe in me. You are following me. And so what I have to convict you of is righteousness because you won't see me anymore, but I need you to know you're right with God, even though I'm not here in your presence. But they, not you, they don't believe. And the Holy Spirit has to convict them of their unbelief. Then finally, condemnation, because the ruler of this world has been condemned. So God is gonna show all of us that Satan is condemned. Satan gets the condemnation. So what he just said was, you have to be convicted of your righteousness, but they don't believe in me and they have to be convicted of your sin. Therefore, an unbelieving heart speaks with a mouth against the conviction that the Holy Spirit brings in order for you to believe. You see it? That's why he's saying it's a blasphemy of the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit's job is to convict you of your sin so that you can repent and believe in Jesus. 
Listen to it again. If you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you'll be saved. You'll be given an eternal life. Why? Because you said it with your mouth? No, because you believed it with your heart and the mouth was just a reflection of the heart. So you go back and say, is the power of life and death in the tongue? Yes, because the tongue is a reflection or a revealer of the heart. Good, 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 good. So if you're here today and you don't know Christ as your Savior, I'm not trying to get you to say a prayer. That's not my goal for you to say something with your mouth. My goal is for you to believe in your heart that because of sin, you are separated from God. And that separation from God will be internal if you don't let the Holy Spirit convict your heart that you have need for what Jesus did to reconcile you to God. And when your heart changes and you believe, I'm not right with God, but Jesus paid that punishment for me and the consequences for me, and now I'm covered by his righteousness, I believe that now. I can profess Christ as my Lord because I believe it in my heart and be saved. All right. So let's talk a little bit more about the power of tongue for you and I. Your words will tell what's inside you. That's where we started. That's why I'm saying the foundation of this thing is what's coming out of your mouth is revealing what's actually in your heart. So do you have words of anger? It's because it's in your heart. Do you have words of doubt? It's because that's what's in your heart. Do your words speak of needing control? It's because it's in your heart. Do you have words of fear about life? It's because that's what's in your heart. Do your words speak of skepticism about God? It's because that's what's in your heart. Do your words show that you have an arrogance and a pride? It's because that's what's in your heart. Now listen to me. We're friends, I hope. We're family. You may not be my friend, but you're my family. You can't help that because you accepted Christ. Stop justifying what you are saying and begin listening to what you are saying. Mm. It's not a new concept. Matthew 15, verse 18. But the things that proceed out of the mouth, why? Because they come from the heart. The things that proceed out of the mouth come from the heart. And those, those things that come out of your mouth defile the man. Do you remember us talking last week about the washing of the feet and the defilement that they got? They were picking up things of this world and they were speaking them out with their mouth because it was what's in their heart. They're becoming defiled. For out of the heart comes evil thoughts, murders, adultery, fornication, theft, false witnesses, anger, greed, fear, doubt. All of those things come out of the mouth and the problem is not with what you're saying. It's where it comes from. And, and the best analogy I can give you, and this is probably could because guess what, I'm a guy. Um, a car is a car, but a car has no power until you put gas in it. 
So it doesn't matter that it's a car. It doesn't matter what words you're speaking. What, what matters is where is it coming from? What's generating the power? And it's the heart that's generating the power. It's the heart that's giving the mouth the ability to speak. So let's not talk about what we wished we had said. Let's not talk about what we know we should have said. Let's not talk about what we want everyone else to think is inside of us. And let's not even talk about why we said it. Let's talk about what is inside of us because it's coming and we are seeing it by what we say. Uh, okay, here's why. Here's why I'm saying this. I believe that the key to real repentance, now remember, repentance in Scripture means to change your mind. Our life is a life of repentance. We must repent to accept Christ. We have to change what we think would save us, being good, going to church, saying a prayer. And we have to change to believing in our heart what he did on the cross was for us. That's repentance. But I live a life of repentance. I'm constantly wanting to renew my mind. I'm wanting to change the things that I think that are not right. And if I'm going to change and have any real repentance in me, I have to understand and accept truth. Now listen to me. Your mouth is speaking truth from your heart. Now, the truth may be that you're vile. The truth may be that you're doubtful. The truth may be that you're angry, but it's speaking the reality of what's in your heart. So the key to being able to repent from those things that are in my heart that I don't want in my heart is understanding and accepting the truth that the reason I'm speaking, I mean, it's because they're there. Now I want to change that. I want to do something about that. Now, before I go too far into that, there is a positive side of what we're speaking. It is revealing our heart. Uh, in Proverbs 10, the mouth of, a right, of the righteous is a fountain of life. Listen to me. If righteousness is on side you, inside you, if you are in right standing with God and you understand that relationship, what comes out of you is a fountain of life for the people around you. You're saying, no, we're good with God. No, God loves you. No, God will never leave you. No, God will never forsake you. No, God will never let you down. No, God's always got your back. I'm speaking life into you for that discouragement and that doubt. Ephesians 4.29 says it this way. Let no unwholesome word proceed from your mouth, but only such a word that is good for edification according to the need of the moment. I love that statement. Man, be good in the moment. Be good when somebody's hurting. Be good when somebody's angry. Be good when somebody's in doubt. Be good when somebody's struggling. Be good in that moment to edify them, to build them up so that you will give grace to those who hear you. So if I consider that when we speak, we are either expressing life or death, how would my words change? If you were to realize that whatever you're speaking is revealing your heart, the first job is to begin working on your heart. But I'm just going to be practical with you. The practicalness with you is that sometimes I need to shut my mouth so I don't reveal what's in there. There is a wise, wise scholar in the room. He is a personal friend of mine, and his name is Brian Scott. And this wise man taught me this thing about when I was talking. He said, I want you to think about the word wait. Wait. 
And I thought, okay, so I need to wait before I say something. He said, no. W-A-I-T, why am I talking? <laughs> Listen, if I would just stop and ask the question, why am I even talking right now? I might save myself a lot of burden. I might just by saying, I don't even need to be saying what I'm about to say. You know how when somebody comes up to you and says, I probably shouldn't be saying this. You're right. You're right. The foundation I want to lay, I have no idea if we're going into a series here or not. I'll let God tell me during the week. But the foundation I want to lay is anytime you're talking about the power of words, anytime you're talking about speech, anytime you're talking about the authority to express verbally something that you can command, you need, all of it is driven from the heart. So if we don't work on the heart, what's going to come out of our mouth is not what we want coming out of our mouth unless our heart is right. And so when I work on repenting and getting my heart right, then my heart becomes an instrument of much more power of life. Stand to your feet, please. Well, what did you think? Has God been speaking to you about any of these things? We would love to hear from you. You can email us at podcast at reviveusnow.com. We're excited that Pastor Todd has released his latest book called Old is the New. The Old Testament is filled with stories that seem amazing on their own, but they also leave questions. If they are history and not part of the new covenant that we have with Christ today, then why do we need these stories at all? What are they for? Could it be that those stories were recorded and saved for us because there is something they can teach us? Could it be that those stories actually help us understand God and the new covenant he has with us? Could it be that somehow those stories guide, teach, and help us understand what God has for us as new covenant believers? And finally, could there be hidden mysteries in these stories that actually give us revelation for today? This new book is available now on Amazon. The podcast is brought to you by Revive Church of Stewart, Florida. You can learn more about us at our website, reviveusnow.com. If you would like to support this ministry, go to our website, reviveusnow.com slash give. If you live in our area or are planning a visit to our area, we would love to have you join us. We are located at 8851 Southwest Old Kansas Avenue, Stewart, Florida. If you enjoyed this podcast, why not click to subscribe right here on the podcast site of your choice? That way you won't miss any of Pastor Todd's and Revive Church's future podcasts. Thank you for joining us.